Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. My Multiple Voices podcast, true to its name, includes different series. For example, we have the Voices of Love, where we discuss relationships, the voice of empowerment, the voice of laughter and play, the voice of pleasure, and the magical voice of archetypes and how they change the way we live. But we also have the voice of memory that includes everything from history to discussions of past life regression. There's also writing voices where we interview both seasoned writers and authors who have just started getting their feet wet with writing and we learn what can work for you as potential writers. Our series called Voice of the Spirit discusses different forms of spirituality and religion. And then Channeling Voices is a series that covers what happens when you channel, but is also extended to mediumship. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening, and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Ladies and gentlemen, hello again. I'm here with another guest called Jolie Moore. Say hello to us, Jolie. Jolie. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Thanks for taking the time. But before you do anything else, before we do anything else, let me tell my listeners and my audience, those who are watching, if if they watch, you know, um, who she is. Who is she? Well, she describes herself as an author who believes that storytelling is magic. And she writes love stories, but crazy beautiful love stories. Um, She has these heroines with secrets and strong heroes who fall hard and a long winding road to happily ever after. I've got to read those books. (laughs) And she loves to travel to witness different tapestries of humanity in the world. And she's also a photographer. Um, Let me get her. She's in California. She's living in California now. We talked briefly. She was also on the East Coast for much of her life. Jolie, come in. Tell us what is a nice girl like you doing in a place like California? (laughs) It's sunny. I'll say that. Um, It is sunny. I mean, let me, I was enchanted with California. To be frank, um, my mother took me on vacation when I was 16 mm. and we drove up and down the coast for like three weeks. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, why don't people live here? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And I really, so that's, and I really liked it. And so when I got the opportunity to come back, I, I did. <laughs> good, 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 good. So, so now you're there and, but it's been a long road, right? Your life. And you start, when did you start writing? Oh, I've written all my life. Um, I used to write controversial essays when I was like in high school and college. Okay. Because, you know. Well, they didn't pay much. <laughs> I'm sure. No, they didn't. I think I paid, they paid $75 a pop. Um, <laughs> oh, well, that's so, not even that bad at that age. Yeah. Um, so I used to write essays. And then I graduated to like, I wrote um, essays for newspapers. And I did a lot of things, but I always wanted to write books. But it yeah. felt very daunting. Um, but I finally got up the courage to try, and I wrote the first book. It took me so. What's long. the title? What's the title? Oh, the first book. Well, now it's called um, Maybe Baby. Maybe but when Baby. I was write, mm-hmm. It was called when I was writing. It was called Oh Good Grief. 
<laughs> You've like forgotten your first love. Gee, shame on you. <laughs> well, because it was so, you know, because publishers don't take your title. So whatever. Yeah, and, I, know, um, I know. It's fine. But it was, um, it took a long time. It was so much harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. Like, I, well, you, tell you know. me, you said publishers. So you uh, published it in the traditional manner. Mm-hmm. What year was that? 2000. Well, the book was written well before. So the first book was published, I want to say 2012. Okay. So now that's not far, you know, almost 10 no, years ago, nine years took, ago. But so then we have this dating game and relationships and everything leading up to it. And I really would like to talk about that because um, when somebody tells you, I'd like to talk about dating, mm, you know, you start thinking, oh, she's going to tell me all the nitty gritty, all those people, what happened? What is she going to tell me? So what are you going to tell me? <laughs> So, well, in addition to writing books, um, one of the things I did in 20, well, before the pandemic, sorry, mm-hmm. 2019, um, I decided, I gotten divorced um, and I decided to go on a dating spree. Oh, I, oh, I love this. Wait, go slow. Don't, I mean, go slow on a dating spree. Did you hear that, everyone? Go ahead. <laughs> well, in retrospect, I don't know how well thought out it was, but I put up a dating profile and I was like, I'm going to go on as many dates as possible because it's a numbers game and I want to meet people. And I haven't dated in a long time. I got mm-hmm. married very young. And um, I would write my friends, I'm going to be honest, I would text my friends pictures from the dates and I would text them about the dates. And they thought it was really humorous. And one of my friends is like, well, why don't you write it as a memoir? Um, I mean, a lot of my friends are writers. And I thought, oh, okay. You know? <laughs> and so I did. And, uh, well, and you wrote and- a memoir about dating? Yeah, it's called Fifty First Dates. Oh, and it, it, in retrospect, perhaps I should not have been as open. And um, <laughs> we can't go back. Though the book um, wouldn't have come out, though. I know that's what a friend of mine says to me, and an author I know who also wrote two memoirs, and she mm-hmm. was like, "But people like honesty." Yeah, and I was like, I was honest, but in retrospect, not so great. Um, and. I don't mind the honesty. What happened, I'll be honest, one of the things that happened is one of the people I dated. Yeah. I didn't I I didn't I didn't tell him um the pen name. And at some point he found out because he was that he kind of person. Sued you. No, uh-huh. no. He got in the book perfectly, which is great. He it was he date he was the fifty second date probably. <laughs> and he didn't but, get in the <laughs> No. But he at some That's point cute. he read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like he stayed up all night, read the whole thing, then had a lot of anxiety about it. Mm. And and then he had like a lot of questions. And I was like, I would not have this candid of a conversation about my sex life previous to you with you. And he was like, I thought you were sending me secret signals. I was like, oh. no, <laughs> I wasn't. Um, so I'm not dating him, clearly. But <laughs> that was a pandemic. So how long moment. did that last? How long did that um, dating spree last? Let me just take a moment to talk about our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Stamps.com. It is the holiday season. The holidays are upon us. And we all use the mail. And we all go to the post office, right? If you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. 
It makes sense. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. You know, if you're like me, I have a small business and it is a one-man show. It usually is a one-man show for all of us. And when I have, especially during the season, but really all season, holiday season, but all year round, I save time and money using stamps.com. So whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, stamps.com can save you so much time, money, stress during the holidays. Access the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip. And get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office instead of uh, using stamps.com is like, kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Couple of floors, sure, take the stairs. Walking up 30 flights a day, I guess you could use a break. If you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, Stamps.com is a lifesaver. You'll save so much time and money, you'll wonder why you didn't start sooner. We could all stand to save time and money all holiday seasons. So let's start that this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code POD, that's P-O-D, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code POD, P-O-D. You'll be happy that you did. It ended um, <laughs> maybe a year and a half. So a, a year whole year and a half. That's a long time. For, well, it's it's a short time for 51 people. So Well, the 51 was all in one year. The half year was up in, into the pandemic. And then I was like, I'm done. With this. I'm done writing about it. <laughs> So, so you said it ended in a marriage. You're married now. Again. No, no. Oh, I, then no. I misunderstood. <laughs> Did you hear that reaction? No, no, no. My goodness. <laughs> sorry. That <was> That's <laughs> no. beautiful. Beautiful. I couldn't have paid you to do that. I was that. thinking like marrying any of those people I dated. No. no. Ah, no. interesting. No. Interesting. So, so what ended it? Why did you stop? Because it was not getting the last guy I dated in the first half of 2020, it, he, Go ahead. I clearly was not filtering. He was married. He was oh. in theory getting divorced. He had cheated on his wife like all these times. He saw strippers. He lied about lots of things. He didn't have any money. His mother was supporting him and he was over 50. So I was like, oh my God. So when I broke up with him, because it was craziness, and I was standing at his house and he goes, well, I don't understand why you're breaking up with me. We're so alike. And I thought, oh, oh. oh my God, yeah. if that's how you see me, then I need to go do some work. I don't know. Yes, I, mean, I have, I have to work on myself. Yeah. But I need some more work because that, it was just, it didn't get better. Like each, I, I dated, so I had 51 dates and I only had three relationships. So wait a minute. Um, wait a minute. You're, so you're trying to tell us that um, the dating game is something you wouldn't go back to because it is it was a failure. Is that what you're saying? Or 
No, I would go back to what I have not, I'm not dating right now, with a lot more mindfulness or a lot more filtering. I (laughs) I didn't filter sufficiently because I only, the people I dated before this, before I got married, the only people I dated in college and graduate school. Mm-hmm. So I did not have, I had never been in some wild, vast market. of Right. That you have a catalog here. You know, you just go down and filter the filter. age, I don't the get education. I knew in class, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. a whole different ball game. So I went on dating apps and I thought, oh, well, they're cute and they look close. And that I was, I filtered insufficiently yeah so but but there's the dating game and that's fine but when you start talking about a relationship you said you had three relationships out of Mm -hmm. these people and what made it for you a relationship the time spent was that a relationship or the activities that you did together that's a good question (laughs) Um, (laughs) well that's what i'm here for one of them one of them was um I don't know what to call it. Let's call it a situationship because that's what people use. A situationship. I, only, I love that. That I just ended in September. Mm-hmm. So that was like, and I'm, he was the second person I met. And so in between the other, he was always around for two and a half years. And he, he didn't, at, at the end of the day, what he wanted to do is he decided that he wanted to get married and have children. Oh, but I am not. He's 45. He has not done it yet. He's not had a relationship. So I have a lot of thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, I need to get out of this because <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. But if yeah. you want to get married and have children, maybe you should go do that. Yeah. Because you're going to need to meet a 30 year old and go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when I made a relationship, one of them wanted to be a boyfriend, the, the, maybe the third guy I met, but he couldn't show up consistently. I could never figure out what was really going on. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in and out and then, oh, the so, so third, it is a little bit about the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The time you and spent together. The, the third guy, the marriage, the lying, the cheating, the whatever, that was not a sustainable thing. <laughs> okay. That, so that was not sustainable. So, so you stopped and you're here to tell us about it. You wrote about it and, um, it, you do have this divorce experience behind you. How long ago did that occur? Um, I moved out, to be honest, in uh, three years, three years ago. So September 2018, I think. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And I've been married 20 years. Okay. So let's talk about divorce. What is the straw that broke the camel's back in your relationship? What was the straw? That is so interesting. I think... It was so many things. I think the straw, to be honest, was going to therapy. So I went to therapy maybe two or three years before that. Yeah. And I walked in and I said, I think I'm crazy. Ugh. You know, and it took a lot of, you know, it took a long time to get up yeah, that, sure. uh, to get the bravery to say that. And I walked and I said, I think I'm crazy. And, you know, she talked to me and, and it's one of those things where she was like, no, the people around you may be crazy. And I was like, what? Good. Oh, I like that woman. You got to give me her name. After. Was it a woman? Yes. <laughs> That's good. She's, I talked to her Tuesday. But she was like, maybe people <laughs> around you are crazy. And I was like, what are you saying? And she was like, listen to what you're telling me about how you're living. 
and think and it took me to like it it was you know it was a immediate slow mm-hmm. wake up. Mm-hmm. whoa and i was slow like, oh you mean people don't live like this and she was ah, like well people do live yeah, like this but yeah. perhaps it's not the best way to live yeah yeah i was um watching a movie the other day and well actually yeah it was a movie and it was about um incest and a child who was uh, 16 and she had decided to go tell the authorities and part of her uh, story was that from the age of eight years old she did she thought that families did that she didn't know and so you unless you talk to someone you will never know what other you can't compare and it's so important to get that comparison not because Maybe, you know, you see a beautiful house and rich people, you are not rich and that's what you should aspire to. But the emotional situation in a, in a family or in a relationship is, is interesting and important to talk about with others. Um, okay, so, so you went through therapy, you did a lot of work. Now we, let's get to this writing. When you talk about crazy stories, um, these, these, uh, heroines and beautiful stories. What are they about? Why do you call them crazy and beautiful at the same time? Um, okay. So, uh, well, as an author, I'm kind of steeped in it. So generally romance and women's fiction sort of follows along two tracks, but in many of the books, the women, um, okay, let's say romance. The women are often placeholders. Okay, hold on reader. a second. Um, when you talk about, right, so there are genres that have certain requirements and they have right. to have a heroine and other things, right? In yeah. your case, you're still talking about the traditional uh, publishing route, right? Um, it's the same in independent. I mean, the, the genre itself has not changed. It has so not changed. Okay. Okay. Has changed All right. So I, give us a, an idea. Give us a story of yours, the title, and give us a little, you know, a little spoiler alert about the, the protagonist. So one of my favorite stories is a book called What Was Perfect. And it's about, it's, it follows, um, we'll call them the hero and heroine, but they meet when they're 13. Mm-hmm. So her mother, um, her mother gets divorced. Actually, her father takes the other child and moves to Italy, which is a whole different conversation. <laughs> but um, the mother gets divorced and she is living in abject poverty and she ends up working as a housekeeper for a rich family that she lives in. And so her 13-year-old daughter comes with her and the 13-year-old daughter falls in love with the 13-year-old son of the rich family. Mm-hmm. For many reasons, that is very difficult, a difficult relationship. Yeah. Um, and right. so it's books like that where in in the books that I write, the heroines have, how do I say this? They're difficult. I don't want to say difficult. Difficult. Do they have a difficult, different social status in relation to their environment? Is that what you mean? Um, no, and I, I'm going to not describe this writing. I think that they are more complex and more nuanced than heroines are generally written. Give me an example. They often have a backstory they are married or divorced um they've had difficult childhoods mm-hmm. or things like that i'm sorry i'm going through the books um difficult divorces unable to have children adopted um mm-hmm. one i have one heron who gave up a child for adoption mm-hmm. um and so in their mind they're they have they're flawed uh-huh. And so it makes it difficult for them to relate to other people because they, you know, they see themselves as flawed and not worthy. 
Uh-huh. And so I think that's, that's why I call them crazy beautiful. They're not crazy in any sort of pejorative sense or mental health sense. They're just um, a little bit more nuanced than okay. heroin. All right, now, Jolie, They're not as one dimensional. You did, um, Jolie, say, uh, you know, you, you described these as a long and winding road to happily ever after. Is right. that just a cliche or is there a happily ever after often in the genre? I mean, is always. that one of the re- always. always? Oh my God. I, I, I don't, I don't know why I've never read Roman. Maybe I should start. <laughs> it's very addictive. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's very addictive. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> um, but always. So, but how you get there is different to face depending on the book, but my heroines have to have a lot of, I don't know. It sounds so, 2021 they have to have a lot of inner work but they really have to work on themselves and figure out what they want what they need okay now in your story is that part of the description do you let the reader understand when they're doing work the nature of the work that they're doing is that uh, the case is that transparent for the listener the reader whoever it's transparent i would say not so Mm -hmm. they're um, like I have one where she gave up a child for adoption and it's kind of a secret. So she uh-huh. meets the hero, the hero, of course, was given up for adoption and has a lot of feelings about it in a negative way. You know, he thinks mm-hmm. women who give up children for adoption right. are horrible. It's just horrible. Right. And so she's seeing this reflected in him and well, they both change a lot because he realizes that people have more of a backstory. It's not right. just like women just tossing babies out. <laughs> And she, and I think she realizes that people, that she can get through anything. She had a lot of things. Her, um, the father of the baby died, which is actually why she gave up the child for adoption. Yeah, yeah. Sort of realized that she needed to move forward and heal. And she Mm -hmm. was really stuck in the same place. I mean, she was really stuck. Okay, okay. So you have always written this genre. You haven't changed any way, in any way. I would like to say I stay in a lane. I write, I have written other genres. Okay. Um, so I have uh, another pen name that I write that writes other genres. Okay. Can you give us a clue of what genre it is? <laughs> um, just thrillers. Oh, okay. Interesting. Very nice. I got to get that pen name from you. <laughs> what about <laughs> this vampire genre for young adults? Is that, have you touched on that? No, okay. that is so far outside of my... Yeah, your lane. <laughs> my head is not thinking like that. Yeah, yeah. I have to meet people who said things like think, that. Yeah. Okay. How? how, how <laughs> no, I I, it's beyond me until I did read one. I, mm-hmm. I, I struggled to get, you know, through it. But then after a third into the book, I said, wow, I was addictive. I couldn't get it, you know, I couldn't mm-hmm. get rid of it. It was interesting. But still, I don't think it's an easy read. Um, tell me now, what's next? I mean, oh, the way you're, the process that you uh, use while writing, do you start one with this name, another with another name, another with another name, and they all leave the train on the tra- their own tracks at the same time? You come and go from each book, or do you finish one, then start another? 
I can only write one thing at a time because that's uh -huh. all I can carry in my head. Right. I don't okay. know what people do. So okay. I start on page one. I don't know what's going to happen. And right. then I get to the end of the book and then I'm mostly satisfied. Okay. But wait a minute. You say you start at page one, but don't you have a sort of outline in your head? Or, you know, no. the book is three parts or there are 20 chapters, 50 chapters. No. Okay. I know nothing. Uh -huh. I know what I think the story is going to be about. All right. So let, let's say when you write a book proposal for one of these, let's say you're not starting out, but you want to change publishers, for example. Right. Um, what does the book proposal look like? Is it just five pages? Is it 50? You know, okay. Is, well, is, no, I, I think there are some people who can perhaps write five pages, but for us, it's um, a synopsis in the first three chapters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, so it is just a synopsis. There's no uh, marketplace who is, the, you know, your target no, reader. No, it's not like nonfiction. It's, mm -hmm. a lot, it's easier mm -hmm. in that sense. Nonfiction requires a marketplace, the comps and all of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so this is interesting. And can you give me an idea of how productive you are? Do you have a disciplined way of writing? Or do you set Absolutely. aside? Okay, so give us an idea. So I, but I'm me. So I write yeah. 1,600 words a day. Okay, 1,600 day. words a day is uh, seven pages? Five pages. Yeah, okay. Maybe. Uh -huh. Not that much. Oh, well, still. Um, every day. With, mm -hmm. that's, that's a lot. That's how I do it. Yeah, that's yeah. Every day, including the weekends? Including the weekends. Because I can't, if I stop writing, I will forget. Yes, of story. course. But is, do you use your computer or do you record ever no i type i type on the computer mm -hmm. i type i move from computer to computer sometimes okay. i type on the laptop sometimes i type on the desktop mm -hmm. you know but i do you um, use I write on... any kind of program like scrivener or some kind you just get word get your word just word from... i'm such okay. a basic person i don't uh -huh. do anything i don't know i I have downloaded all of those things. I, I know, me too. <laughs> I tried to forget it. I'm never going to use this. <laughs> and I was like, so all I'm going to do is just type some words. Right, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it. I do. What I do do is um, write, I, I do draw mind maps when I get stuck. I do do that, yeah. But, you know, I don't do fiction. I'm nonfiction. So it's different. It's different. Um, so let's say, uh, have do you have already an idea for the, few, the next book or you're not going to think about that until this one is done. No, I have a thousand ideas. That's okay. Part okay. Of the problem. So what I do, because I, I have a short attention span. I'm going to be right. frank. So, but I understand that that doesn't work out in the long run. So what I do is I have a notebook yeah. and I write down other ideas and then I close the notebook and I go back to the job. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That's what I do too. And every now and then I go back to the notebooks and I think, wow, that was a great idea. <laughs> I know. Why didn't I? Why didn't I you know, pick it up and ran with it? Yeah. I have so, no idea why, but I have to write it down because otherwise it'll eat it in my brain and would not let me do the thing I need to mm -hmm. do. So are women uh, always the main protagonist in your books yes uh-huh okay so you're writing for a particular audience yeah so the well the, the romance reading audience is like 99 percent women um yeah. so yeah, of course. yes mm -hmm. i write what? for the, the buyers that i have yeah 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 and um did you ever think of going out into another genre and you did talk about elaine but uh, you have another pen name, so I'm wondering if uh, you will, you know, get your feet wet with other kind of genres. No, 
So one of the mistakes, okay, so I, I mean, I have a lot of writer friends. I have an accountability partner. We've all been writing. When you say accountability partner, what does that I mean? <laughs> Every Saturday or Sunday we talk on the phone. A real friend. Says, Stay in your lane. And I go, okay. Um, because I do get distracted. And so we all do. And one of the things that, how can I say this? helps keep one successful is if one focuses. Of course. So would I love to write a book about, I don't know what, pirates on the open sea? Maybe, but my readers are not looking for pirates on the open sea. I'd have to go sell pirates on the open sea. I'd spend my time diverted away from my core competency, well, selling you know, pirates on the open sea. As you so were saying that, as you were talking, I'm thinking, well, pirates cannot always be men. There could be a story, a romance story, hidden where a stowaway became a pirate, but she was a woman. And half, you know, then she comes out and uh, that's a good idea. <laughs> There are many of those, actually. It's oh. a popular genre. Oh, good. <laughs> I, <just not> <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Well, it would, well, you know, so five pages a day, that takes a certain amount of time every day. So what do you do uh, to, to distract yourself, to completely, you know, unwind and do completely something else? What is your, what are your favorite hobby, pastime? So I go biking almost every ah, day. Yeah. Um, I used to go to the gym more often, but that's COVID. So that's a Yeah, thing. that's true. That's true. So I can go once a week, but it's hard. Um, mask, mask, cuisine. It's a whole rigmarole. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. as much fun. Um, I knit. Uh -huh. Keep my hands busy. Uh-huh. Do, do you, is it possible even now, it's, it's past the emergency time, but... Is there a place you can socialize that is more than a religious gathering today in, in California? In California, no. So I spend um, a large part of my year um, in Europe. Yeah. And so um, Why? this summer, Why? They, they ended the mask mandate when I was maybe two weeks after. Ah, I you usually do. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did a lot of socializing this summer. <laughs> I know, but in we heard that the right first now, time, first part of the interview, yeah. So busy. But, um, and then I came back and it was worse here, obviously, than mm -hmm. it was in Europe. Um, yeah. So right now the opportunities to socialize are pretty small and yeah. it's actually much harder than I thought to be so isolated for so long. Well, uh, we, if, I'll make you jealous. Um, I dance Argentine tango and we, this September, it opened up again. And in October, we started removing the masks. And two weeks ago is when the uh, dance milongas were offered. And we were able to then dance with people who weren't our partners, exchange partners. And so right. it's been, oh, my God. Well, how, how did I do it before then, you know, without an embrace? And it's right. wonderful. The swimming pools are open. But we still have the mask mandate most of the time, every time you go places and only to eat. So the beauty of the <laughs> the other part of Europe is that there was no mask mandate. Although I understand last week they have it back just for public transportation. But um, it's very, what I'm finding is meeting new people wearing masks is hard. So oh God, some yeah. of the activities, because I realize that people don't get my facial, like I would make a joke I know, or something. You, you see, when you go to a restaurant or for coffee, 
you have at least in this country you have to have a vaccine certificate to be inside if it's an outdoor cafe you can stay outside um or or a, a swab test recent swab test and right. then you have to take out the you know take it off to speak and so you you can see each other. You have to get an invitation to at least coffee. <laughs> no right. So in that. Um, so that was my experience in Europe, and it was great. I got my vaccine cards first thing I did. Ah, <laughs> I was like, okay. I so when was the last time you were here in Europe? Um, I left September. So oh, now um, just now. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but I'll go back in December. Uh huh. Good for you. But in the meantime, Where, it, which country? Um, I can't, I would rather not say. Okay, okay. <laughs> but but it is Europe and they still have that mandate uh, similar to, to Italy anyway. Yeah, interesting. Yes, but it was, so the whole thing is, well, they closed the border to Italy at first. That was the first thing they did. But um, because there's a lot of back and forth with Italy yeah. and a lot of tourists from Italy. But um, they were very aggressive with the vaccine. Yeah, so I know. So when they I got too aggressive. Summer, they were at 70% in the yeah, U.S. 70%. They never get to 70%. Yeah. I think we're at 56 or something. I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So at California right now, it's very hard. So even I've been going to the theater and doing other things. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what happens with theaters? You have to have a vaccine, proof of vaccine, and um, a mask. But what it is is that I used to, we used to have these like gatherings, you know, before mm-hmm. or afterwards, and those yeah. are all gone. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. So, yeah. Well, we'll just have to really hope is. for the best. Well, I'm. what is, can I ask, uh, do you know what the next book will be about? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, because I don't know what it's about either. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, I'm, I, okay, other writers are right in a different way. But basically, right. I sit down every day and I think, what happens next mm-hmm. and that is the hard part for me figuring out what happens while i'm sitting there typing yeah uh-huh so i don't know what it's about until it's done okay all right so she ain't talking ladies and gentlemen i can't get anything out from her <laughs> but um you have a, a, how many books are out now jolie i think 15 15 with Jolie Moore, right? As a pen name. This is good. This is interesting. And are they from different, for different publishing houses or, or? Not anymore. So um, I I will spare you the whole independent publishing, but eventually mm-hmm. I got my rights back from the publishers. Mm-hmm. And now. Oh, um, that must I, have been a, a hell of a job. Gee. I am. Um, I'm a persistent person. So I get up every day. <laughs> Yeah, just get rid of her. Get rid of her. (laughs) This guy, Chris, I felt so bad for him, but I would get up every day and call him. And he was like, are you going to call me every day? And I was like, yes. (laughs) So um, so I got my rights back. (laughs) I was very persistent. And then, Um, you know, but but when did you decide? After which book you decided to go independent? After how many? I think four. Okay. And the main reason for that? Because we weren't... The indie, well, sort of the ebook revolution had come. Right. And the publishers were not on board. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, well, we're going to charge, and there's a whole thing, we're going to charge $13 or $8 or $5 right. or right. whatever it is. And all the indie books were like $2.99. Right. And then the indie um, 
authors were able to maneuver more quickly and market and pivot. Of course, of course. And we would, you know, you'd have to make a phone call and send an email and talk to the editor and talk yeah, to the marketing yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah. And it was a lot of work. And so we noticed people were getting paid a lot more than we were. Yeah. And I would get my royalty statement. I will tell you the last royalty statement nothing. I got. I know, I know. I know, I know. It's um, it was like fifty dollars, and then the yeah. first book I published independently, I, I got fifty dollars the first day, and I was like, oh, right. wait. You know, the, it it it. Um, I don't want to say it depends on the genres because every genre is hit with that difference, independent or traditional. And um, what I find from authors that come to talk to me is they that they will start with a, a traditional publisher, and when they get the the, um, you know, the hang of marketing. And they could see how much they can do on their own. That's it. Goodbye, you know, and they'll do it. But the downside is that it's it's a full-time job. So you it's have to write. It's a full-time job, yeah. And then you have to put the Market. writing away. And I know. You have to get up and it's like, what How? What graphics am I going to put on Instagram today? Yeah. I did that last right. night. So it's not, and I, marketing is not my absolute favorite thing in yeah. the world to do, yeah. but I care more about me than the publisher cares more. I care right. About well, that's without a doubt. And it depends on what kind of a relationship you have with the person who's dealing with you. Um, but I had an editor, you know, the editor who acquired you left. And then uh, the next so, person is like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah that's, that will happen. Email. So. Yeah, yeah. And then the next editor doesn't love you as much as the person who acquired you. <laughs> give you. us the name very quickly because in the um, description of the episode, I will write your um, where people can find you, uh, even the different um, social media. But what is the name of your last published book? Not the one you're working on now, the title of your last book. <laughs> I should know this. I believe <laughs> it is. This is awful. I really should know. I believe it's the secrets she keeps. Sorry, the secrets she keeps. Oh right, the she the secret secrets is a plural. Secrets. The yes, secrets plural. she keeps. Okay, yeah. that's hard to say. The secrets she keeps. All right, and, and I realize I don't say it very often. <laughs> that's why. Well, it's hard to say. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jolie, for coming on and sharing your experience. There are a lot of people who dabble in writing a journal and they never, well, there's fear, you know, I won't be able to do it. And uh, there's a daunting experience of publishing the traditional way. But this is interesting for people to listen to. Thanks again for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.